Welcome to Dark Chronicles. This show contains all things freaky, creepy, and spooky. In this show, I talk about books, true crime, dark history, gothic architecture, and the paranormal. Now, what do these all have in common? It's all dark. So today, on Season 1, Episode 1 of Dark Chronicles, we are talking about the Canonical Five. Now, who are the Canonical Five, you may ask? Well, the Canonical Five are the five victims of Jack the Ripper. Now, Jack the Ripper was an unidentified serial killer active in and around the impoverished Whitechapel district of London, England in 1888. Both criminal case files and the contemporaneous journalistic accounts. Jack was also called the White Chapel Murderer and the Leather Apron. Why he was called the Leather Apron? I don't know, but he was. However, Jack the Ripper is not who we are going to be talking about today. We are talking about his five confirmed victims. Mary and Nicole, Anne Chapman, Elizabeth Stride, Catherine Doze, and Mary Jane Kelly. Now, because there are two Marys, I will be talking about these counts in the order that they happened, so please pay attention to that, just because there are two Marys and I will be using their first names as a form of respect to these victims. Now, if you want a more detailed account of these events, please listen to Morbid Podcast, Jack the Ripper, they have a four-parter episode, and they go way more into it than I am. So, number one, Mary and Nichols. The body of Mary and Nichols was discovered at about 3.40 a.m. on Friday, August 31st, 1888, in Bucks Row, now known as Newwood Street, Whitechapel. Mary had last been seen alive approximately one hour before the discovery of her body by Mrs. Emily Holland. Mary had shared a bed at a common lodging house in Thrall Street, Spitalfields, walking in the direction of Whitechapel Road. Now, Mary's throat was severed by two deep cuts, one of which completely severed all the tissue down to the vertebrae. Her vagina had been stabbed twice, and the lower part of her abdomen was partly ripped open by a deep and jagged wound causing her bowels to protrude. Several other incisions inflicted to both sides of her abdomen had also been caused by the same knife. Each of those wounds had been done in a downward thrusting manner. Now, as you can tell already, this is extremely graphic. Please, 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 I beg of you, 
do not listen to the rest of this podcast if this is making you queasy because it will only get way worse from here. These are very graphic accounts of their murders and they are very hard to listen to and very hard to even read about. So please, if this has been triggering for you or if the rest may be triggering for you, please do not listen because the last thing we want is for you guys to feel uncomfortable or triggered by these accounts. Moving on, Annie Chapman. One week later, after the murder of Mary Ann on Saturday, September 8th, 1888, the body of Annie Chapman was discovered at approximately 6 a.m. near the steps of Dory of the backyard of 29 Hanbury Street, Spitalfields. As in the case of Mary Ann, her throat was severed by two deep cuts. Her abdomen had been cut entirely open, with a section of the flesh from her stomach being placed upon her left shoulder, and another section of her skin and flesh, plus her small intestines, being removed and placed above her right shoulder. Annie's autopsy also revealed that her uterus and sections of her bladder and vagina had been removed. At the inquest into Annie's murder, Elizabeth Long described having seen Annie standing outside 29 Hanbury Street at about 5.30 a.m. in the company of a dark-haired man wearing a brown deer soccer hat, a dark overcoat, and of a shabby genteel appearance. According to this eyewitness, the man had asked Annie, were you? And Annie had apparently replied with, yes. Now, it is important to note that these descriptions of Jack the Ripper were very scattered. And they're not all the same. And all of these women were very promising women unfortunately because of the times they never really had a chance to be something great but they really could have been and so sad because they were all young and promising and they were just dealing with the shitty consequences that life had given them Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Doe's were both killed in the early morning hours of Sunday, September 30th, 1888. Elizabeth's body was discovered at approximately 1 a.m. in Judgefield's yard off Burner Street, now known as Henry Gay Street in Whitechapel. The cause of death was a single clear-cut incision measuring six inches across her neck, which had severed her left carotid artery and her trachea before ending beneath her right jaw. 
the uncertainty as to whether or not Elizabeth's murder was committed by Jack the Ripper or whether he was interrupted in the middle of the attack and just didn't have enough time to do what he wanted to do was evident. And it's also important to note that around the times of the Canonical Five's murders, there were seven other murders that needed to be solved at the same time. So that's a total of 11 murders in White Chapel in the year of 1888, or around this time. Um, so these are, the, the canonical five are allegedly the five confirmed victims of Jack the Ripper, but it's not actually proven, mainly because we have no idea who Jack the Ripper is, and because of seven other murders at the time, these just all have a very noted incision in their necks that kind of ties them together. So, several witnesses later informed police that they had seen Elizabeth in the company of a man in or close to Burner Street on the evening of September 29th and in the early hours of September 30th. But each gave differing descriptions some said that her companion was fair, others dark. Some said that he was shabbily dressed and others well-dressed. Catherine Doe's. Now, Catherine Doe's body was found in a corner of Mitre Square in the city of London three quarters of an hour after the, the discovery of the body of Elizabeth Strike. Her throat was severed from ear to ear like a sickening grin, and her abdomen was ripped open by long, deep, and jagged wounds where her intestines had been placed over her right shoulder with a section of intestine being completely detached. And least sorry we have a little malfunction here okay moving on being placed between her body and left arm the left kidney and the major part of Catherine's uterus had been removed and her face had been disfigured with her nose severed, her cheeks slashed and cuts measuring a quarter of an inch and a half an inch were vertically incised through each of her eyelids. A triangular incision, the apex of which pointed towards her cheeks, towards her eyes, sorry, had also been carved upon each of her cheeks and of the oracle and lobe of her right ear was later recovered from the coffin. Note, you can look at photos of these crime scenes. Okay, sorry for the interruption. Moving on. The police surgeon who conducted the post-mortem upon Catherine's body stated that, in his opinion, these mutilations would have taken at least five minutes to complete. 
the doctor was also reluctant to share this with the public and requested that no women or children be present. And while he was describing the incident, at least three men fainted during the describing of the autopsy. And even some things were held back because it was gruesome. A local cigarette salesman named Joseph Lawland had passed by a narrow walkway to Ledger Square named Church Passage with two friends shortly before the murder. He later described seeing a fair-haired man of medium build with a shabby appearance with a woman who may have been Catherine Lawland's companions were un- oh sorry, who may have been Catherine. Lawland's companions were unable to confirm his description. The murders of Elizabeth and Catherine became known as the double event. Now, a section of Catherine's bloodied apron was found at the entrance to a tenement in Golston Street, Whitechapel at 2.55 a.m. A chalk inscription upon the wall directly above this piece of apron read, The Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. The graffiti became known as the Golson Street Graffiti. The message appeared to imply that a Jew or Jews in general were responsible for the series of murders. But it is unclear whether the graffiti was written by the murderer on dropping the section of Catherine's apron or was merely incidental and had nothing to do with the case. Since such a graffiti was common, in white travel at the time. Police commissioner complete uh sorry. Police Commissioner Sir Charles Warren feared that the graffiti might spark anti Semitic riots and ordered the writing be washed away before dawn. So it's like what's gonna happen anyway? You know? Finally, our last victim. Now this one, I've warned you, is the most gruesome, so I'm going to try and get through this as quickly as I can. If you didn't want to listen to it, please give forward a little bit. The extremely mutilated and disemboweled body of Mary Jane Kelly was discovered lying on the bed in the single room where she lived at 13 Miller's Court off Dorset Street, Spitalfields, at 10.45 a.m. on Friday, November 9th, 1888. Her face had been hacked beyond all recognition, with her throat severed down to the spine and the abdomen almost empty of its organs. Her uterus, kidneys, and one breast had been placed beneath her head, other organs had been placed beside her foot, about the bed, and sections of her abdomen and thighs upon a bedside table. 
finally, Mary Ann, sorry, Mary Jane's heart was deter- was determined missing from the crime scene. Multiple ashes found in the fireplace at 13 Miller's Court suggested Mary Ann, Mary Jane's murderer had burned several combustible items to illuminate the room as he mutilated Mary Jane's body. The five had been severe enough, the fire, sorry, the fire had been severe enough to melt the shoulder between the kettle and its spout, which had fallen into the grate of the fireplace. Each of the canonical five murders were committed at night on or close to a weekend, either at the end of the month or a week or so afterwards. The murders, the murders became increasingly severe as the series of murders proceeded, except for that of Elizabeth Stride, whose murderer may have been interrupted. Mary Ann was not missing any organs. Annie's uterus and sections of her bladder and vagina were taken. Catherine had her uterus and left kidney removed and her face was mutilated. And Mary Jane's body was eviscerated, with her face gashed in all directions, and the tissue of her neck was severed to the bone, although the heart was the sole body organ missing from the crime scene. And those are the murders of the uh, canonical five. Now that is it. For this episode. Thank you for listening to the very first episode of Dark Chronicles. Please don't murder anybody. Be weird, but not too weird, and enjoy the rest of whatever. And remember to keep it dark, but not too dark. Bye!